Welcome, True Believer readers, to Let's Read Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the Pacepot Patreon Podcast Network. Um, James B., wasn't that a sponsor we had not too long ago? What is going on here with the podcast? <laughs> well, we, yes, uh, actually, I took advantage of the sponsor. You're always telling other people to oh. try out the sponsor. So I said, sure. Uh, but don't worry. I only, um, only the Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man episodes are technically now part of the Pacepot Patreon network. Eddie, the Pacepot Patreon network is home to many great podcasts. And one that might interest you would be a, uh, there's a discussion about men's health. Well, that, that is pretty interesting, actually. I'm glad we're in good company. It's about the three hosts' health issues. And Eddie, this is hosted by Nick Fury, Charles Xavier, and the Kingpin. Whether it's vision problems, high cholesterol, or bad circulation, these guys will let you know what ails them. Check out their podcast, Two and a Half Bald Men, on the Pacepot Patreon Network. Um, what a combination those three are, and the cake pin allows, I mean, he's regularly mocked for being tubby, but he's going to also be in a podcast where he's bald. I, I don't know if this is a good idea to uh, have that podcast closely associated with ours. Eddie, this isn't a sponsor. You don't like, you don't get to comment on it. I'm just advertising oh. as part of our, as part of being part of the Pace Pot Patreon Podcast Network, we just promote other podcasts. Eddie, you don't have to comment all the time on we're talking about this. It's just... So, listeners, please check out Two and a Half Bald Men on the Pacepot Patreon Podcast Network. And now, from December of 1976, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man in Twice Sting the Tarantula, written by Jerry Conway, art by Sal Busama, and ink by Mike Esposito. All right. This new title here loudly proclaims its Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, this makes me think that we're going to be thinking of talking about Peter more than Spider-Man often. Uh, is this a good idea for you, James B.? Well, you know, I would absolutely love this idea. I don't even need Spider-Man to be in these books. I've always hated this title. <laughs> this title, though, is a nightmare. It really is. Um, it does say... A couple times this is going to be more focused on his day-to-day life and i also want to complain a little bit that you should have given me a better villain just for the premiere issue <laughs> to be fair i i know that this issue takes place for those who listen to our let's read spider-man 117 episode a few days ago this takes place literally right in the middle of the battle of the kingpin so i guess they can't have like him fighting two major villains at the same time so i wanted i'm sure like some sea level villain they could knock off in one day but still Eddie, why don't you tell us what happens in this story? Okay. Um, Spidey's taking some pictures of a jury speech by Vice Chancellor Lansky at ESU when he's kidnapped by the Tarantula. Spidey swings into action, attacking Tarantula, but Tarantula's sidekicks slip Lansky into a car, and with a hasta la vista, mi amigo, Tarantula spikes onto the back of the car, and they all drive away. But the worst part is when Peter returns to his camera, it's broken. And I think the worst part is when Tarantula says, I could have killed you, but I let you live. And then he kicks Spidey with his heel instead of his poison tipped toe. I agree. He could have killed him. Why didn't he? This is a 
It's making me think of that time the lizard had one thousand percent opportunity to bump off Spider Man, and he's like, "No, let me think of something completely different and not do that." So, or like when the Kingpin says, "You only have six hours to live. I'll let you go because you've never caused me problems in a six-hour period, Spider Man." <laughs> yeah, there's no chance you'll come back. Well, I I want to let you know I did come up with an actual reason why he might have not tried to kill him. Okay, he might not have had poison or sleep in his uh, toe because uh, Tarantula or the Tarantula, I'm not sure what this guy's name really is, but sea level guy, he he often is seems to be out of his powers the way that Spider-Man is also out of his <laughs> web fluid. He might have been like, I could have killed you, but I'm just going to not do it this time. He might not have had the opportunity. Jeez, I, you know, he could have. Could have kicked him right in the chest, and that probably would have finished him off. But uh, we continue here where Peter returns home to Gloria and MJ, who patch him up and lift his spirits. Uh, the three of them then head out to City Hall to help Gloria find a job. What does MJ say to them when she runs into them? She is not actually lifting Peter's spirits at all. <laughs> she sees... Uh, both of them, and she says, Hi, Glory. Hi, Petey. So tell me, Tigers... What's new and exciting? Oh, it, oh, tell me tigers. For, there you go. Told you last episode that it happens. Only one tiger. <laughs> it's Peter Parker. And only MJ gets to call him tiger. None of this none of these other tigers. So, mm, so don't don't get us started on who else has said tiger to Peter Parker and who else is Mary Jane called Tiger, but this one here, she don't even care. Uh there's uh, Gloria again uh, hanging out doing Bothering Peter. I mean, she does need a job, so I understand. But there she is in his life again. Well, do we need an update on the ladies of Peter Parker's life, James B.? Well, I don't think Gloria is actually one of the ladies. And we don't need an update, Eddie, because this issue, if you recall, takes place right in the middle of Amazing Spider-Man 163. (laughs) We've already updated, haven't we? It's literally outdated. (laughs) Any listeners who want to go back to 117 can go back and hear what's going on because this has already been resolved in the next, I believe. I mean, there might be some more stuff happening, but it gets resolved in 117 and then it comes back. So this isn't where we should do an update. If we're going to do an update, it would be either maybe later, like later on or something or, or earlier, but not in the middle of this issue. No. Well, at City Hall, Peter gets a spider tingle and changes in time to stop the tarantula's sidekicks. The tarantula manages to get into the mayor's office, but Spidey tears down the steel door and catches up to tarantula before he can kill anyone. When it appears Spidey has captured his arachnid enemy, tarantula, the mayor and Spider-Man all crash through a window, and the villain manages to slip out while Spidey saves the mayor. Spidey swings off to return to his friends back in Amazing Spider-Man number 163, and the book ends. (laughs) Um, I want to let you know, I did on my other screen check on Tarantula to see if it was the Tarantula or Tarantula. And I found a whole Wikipedia page on it. And if you read it, it is not consistent within the page. Uh They call him Tarantula. Then it says first appearance of the Tarantula. And then it says the original version, the original version of Tarantula. So it goes back and forth. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is. So I, I guess we can do whatever we want with this here. Okay. And now it's time for a Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man exclusive. Something you may have missed. Eddie, the summary is done. 
before we move on, is there something you want to talk about? Uh, yes, there's a line on page 14 where Peter is abruptly leaving um, Gloria and MJ, and he says, Glory, I hate to bug out on you like this, but I just remembered I have to call the hospital about Aunt May. <laughs> and I just so very much enjoy that Peter Parker, Spider-Man, the spectacular Spider-Man, is bugging out on Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> Bad puns. Bad jokes. Sure. Well, thank you for letting our listeners know something you may have missed. James B. I, I'm ready to um, go on to the yeah. next book. Sounds good. Well, the next book is from January of 1977. Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man in Craven is the Hunter. Written by Jerry Conway. Art by Sal Buscema, Ink by Mike Esposito. A Rolls Royce pulls up to an ivy trestled townhouse in Gramercy Park and outsteps two tigers led by a mysterious figure. Once inside, we find out it's Craven, and the obligatory villain fight takes place between Craven and the Tarantula. Um, do we have time for our segment flipped on its head? Wait, are you the bad guy, or am I? <laughs> Eddie, bad guys always fight each other in fiction. There is no honor among thieves, Eddie. This is not surprising. This is not going to be a new segment. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, the pair of the dueling villains are interrupted by a mysterious unseen figure who instructs them that they are both hired to capture school chancellor Richard Gorman, dead or alive. The bickering pair depart, quickly net the portly chancellor, and bring him back to their mysterious employer's hideout. Uh, as stated before, can we talk about the bickering of Tarantula and Craven as they pull off this heist? Very easily, actually. Eddie, Craven is a he's a B plus level villain. He doesn't have a movie as at yet, so he doesn't get to be an A level villain to me. But um, he doesn't really need to put up with Tarantula, who, according to page seven, is a bargain basement multilaban. So, Eddie, this is the second bargain basement reference recently. <laughs> Any ideas about this one? Um, I don't know. Help me out, James B. All right, so. Uh, Ricardo Maltalban, he was the main character in Fantasy Island. Uh, well, welcome to Fantasy Island. Uh, he's also the actor in the, you mentioned Star Trek uh, recently. Yes, uh, he's the, I did. He's the guy who plays in the TV show and in the original movie, Wrath of Khan, he plays Khan in both of those. He's not the one oh. played by Benedict Cumberbatch in the you know the newer one, but he is the original Khan Um and then nothing else he does is really that important to me and you. But uh, yeah, Fantasy Island, no, no idea. Tattoo, no. Too, again, the, the age gap between me and you, this is like a late 70s, early 80s show. No? Okay. No. Well, anyway, it's a Mexican, like, Spanish actor with an accent. And he's, Tarantula is, you know, speaking with his, you know, I'll kill you. And he's using all his, like, accents and that's why he gets called the Bargain Basement Maltalaban. But I just figured it's the second time they did Bargain Basement Belushi. All right, never mind. Eddie, just continue. After a brief visit to Aunt May and Anna Watson, Peter brings Gloria to the Bugle to interview with his boss, Jolly Jonah, for Betty Brandt's vacancy secretary job and... They hit it off wonderfully. So well that Peter even gets a raise. 
but the radio interrupts the rarely tranquil bugle with reports of Craven and Tarantula's kidnapping. Peter swings off and is ambushed by Craven and his tigers. They battle until Spidey tricks Craven into electrocuting himself. Meanwhile, after collecting his bounty, Tarantula is aghast by his mysterious employer for being able to identify his employer. Did, did you say he gets a raise? He does. J. Jonah is so happy he hands out raises to everybody. He does? When does that happen? Where's this raise you're talking about? I want, I want uh, your source. Huh? Parker, you'll get a raise for this someday. Oh, I guess someday. <laughs> so maybe not a raise on the spot. But at the top of page 17, that's what he yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the someday, but I'm like... <laughs> then he says, you know, Peter, you have my gratitude. And he shakes his uh, hand. I mean, that's... All right. Um, uh, Eddie, this book, you know, the tarantula sucks. He does have an annoying habit that is starting to grow on me. It is something he has mentioned a few times lately. Do you know what he likes to say that I think is kind of funny? I, I don't know if I know. He says so many kind of silly things. What is it, James B.? He likes to let everybody know that I shall give him a taste of the war I fought in my homeland. Here comes, ready? He goes, where I was trained to be my government's Captain America. <laughs> I have heard him talk so many times that he was trained to be his government's Captain America. Like, who trained you? And you're you're a joke. <laughs> you have no superpowers. Although he goes, he beats up Spider-Man pretty well. You know, it's it's not like they don't have good battles, I guess. But there's no way he could ever win, really, right? I can't even find a panel in this book where Tarantula is fighting Spider-Man. He's fighting Craven. I, I guess I'm referencing... When Craven's fighting Spider-Man. Referencing the previous book when he's trying to stop him from kidnapping and Tarantula yeah, gets tar away. Tarantula is not... Yeah, Tarantula is not even... He's, he's doing nothing in this book. So, Eddie, on the cover of the Peter Parker books, the logo has uh, Spider-Man in his costume, but he's got the Peter Parker face. He's like, he's not wearing his mask. Did you ever see that? Yes, I saw that. I guess this is to help us think of Peter Parker more than Spider-Man, maybe. There is some non-Spider-Man stuff going on. I mean, we do have, uh, I think the Doc Connor stuff doesn't really count, but we do have the scene where he, they help Glory get a job. Mm -hmm. And um, that's about it. So this book is basically, to me, no different than a Amazing Spider-Man book. So... <laughs> All right, well, let's let's finish off with one more, James B. From February of 1977, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number three. And there was Lightmaster, written by Jerry Conway, art by Sal Buscema, ink by Mike Esposito. Spider-Man is breaking up a gang of penny-ante criminals terrorizing a vulnerable old citizen. As he returns to the cornice of a skyscraper to contemplate the whereabouts of the recently kidnapped victims, we cut to the tied-up tarantula. Old Taranchi slices through his binds, and as he attempts to attack his former employer, he is blinded into unconsciousness by the Lightmaster. The Lightmaster then beams off to begin the final stage of his plan. Yeah, Lightmaster can fly. Well, I I'm, 
I'm confused who this guy is. Eddie, I'm as confused as the opening segment was here when Spider-Man is trying to rescue a foreign person who I think is trying to thank Spider-Man, but Spider-Man thinks that he is getting no thanks from the guy. It's very confusing beginning, and then I'm confused that this Lightmaster's flying around. I was very... I was well, thrown off right at the start of this book. Yeah, I mean, his power is the power of light. I... I assume he is. I use the word beaming. He moves like a photon of light. Well, the tra- the tarantula in the earlier books keeps saying like, "I know who you are. I can tell by your voice." And yeah. I'm always like, "All right, I don't know who this is," and I couldn't figure it out at all. I yeah, I could. That. That's true. I could not figure it out either. Certainly, I couldn't so. figure out it was Lightmaster until well, I knew it was going to be Lightmaster. <laughs> but yeah, who is right. he? Exactly. Well, across town, Peter returns home for some much-needed rest, but finds that Gloria and Flash have been playing through his album collection for the last 30 minutes. Although exhausted, Peter is cajoled into dinner with the pair. At the restaurant, Flash is unable to stay calm as he recognizes one of the waitresses, who rushes out upset after Flash talks to her. Um, the trio are then booted out of the restaurant and they all go their separate ways. I feel really badly for Gloria here. Both Peter and Flash abruptly just leave her after this fairly traumatizing situation. Well, Flash apparently has to go because he's setting up yet another plot line that we're going to have to deal with about Flash and some crazy Vietnam story. And, uh, you know, Peter's got stuff to do. Sorry. You know what? <laughs> Gloria Grant, stop. Stop just showing up. You know, these guys are all busy. Get get out of my issues. I mean, I like you and all, but like, I don't like you every, every freaking issue. Like, just go. You got a job. Go to work. Too much, huh? All right. Well, uh, we come to find out that Peter noticed a flashing light in City Hall and goes to investigate. There he battles and is overpowered by Lightmaster, who blasts him with light beams. The Lightmaster flies off with the city controller, Golden. Eddie, I'm sorry. I'm just so confused. The Slightmaster guy can fly. I just don't understand. But I, I did see something I liked. I liked how Spider-Man was unable to stick a tracer on the guy. He did his little tracer fling and it bounced off. I was like, great writing. I like that. But please finish this up so we can talk with this Lightmaster dude. The next day at the Bugle, Peter finds the clue he needs to find the Lightmaster. He equips his spider mask with dark smoked filters and finds the Lightmaster, better known as Dr. Lansky, in the school administration building. Lightmaster is a powerful enemy, and Spider-Man is only able to defeat him by tricking him into getting electrocuted. We are left with a happy Spidey and a sad Peter. Eddie, the listeners don't know who Dr. Lansky is. Well, he was, if we remember all the way back to the beginning of the Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man 1, the guy giving the speech, right, on the step of the ESU college building who gets kidnapped by Tarantula. You're right. I just was telling you the listeners don't know who it is because I read all these books and I had to go back and figure out who it was. And and I I was reading the books for our podcast. And I'm like, which guy is Dr. Lansky again? And Eddie, Spider-Man figures out it's Dr. Lansky how? Oh, man. That I cannot answer. And he figures, not does he figure it out, he figures it out and, like, Joe Robbie hands him a file and it's, like, looks like it's, like, 10 seconds. He's like, I have to go. I got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I almost like this storyline. Um, 
I liked how the guy that was kidnapped first was actually the villain. I love that plot line of like, oh, well, who's kidnapping these people? Oh, the first guy wasn't really kidnapped. Okay. I like that. The books go together well, which is nice. But he can fly. Like, this guy's really powerful. If you can fly and shoot beams and you can almost take out Spider-Man with a laser, why do you need to kidnap these two guys to try to get funds for your school? It was a a bizarre plot that ended up happening there. It was like... Can, Can you think of other complaints we've had about villains who have great abilities and powers and oh don't God. advertise them or sorry and don't appropriate them the correct way uh, can we talk about dr Smythe and his incredible robot making like making a robot of the sandman <laughs> and the x-men and the x-men that like is essentially the same thing right and all he's doing is trying to destroy spider-man instead of just becoming like walt disney well I'll use my same old, ancient old argument from many, many podcasts ago. If if he's truly incredibly brilliant and he has tons of money to spend on whatever he wants to, then really these guys are they are just trying to go after Spider-Man because it's a challenge and they like challenges and that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I guess. All these people own like movie studios and stuff they can use to just try to trap Spider-Man. Or just rent them, too, for incredible amounts of money. In the Marvel team-ups, Eddie, we're going to run into a thing called Murder World soon, which is going to be like the best use of somebody who has a ton of money, who's literally going to create an entire world just for this. It's uh, a guy's name's Arcade. When that guy comes along, like he does it right. He doesn't just happen to own. Like He's like, I'm going to create this elaborate. It's like the way Craven hunts Spider-Man. We like let it go because Craven's like sometimes he seems to have a purpose to hunt Spider-Man. Yeah. Sometimes. Like we, you know, we accept that as opposed to Craven's this amazing like, hunter and happens to, you know, it's, there's a focus of arcade where he has a big murder world, uh, our land that he sets up to try to like trap these heroes. And, and, uh, you know, I think it's coming up in uh, pretty soon in Marvel team. I, I saw that it was somewhere in the, in the good books. We're almost at the good books there. So these books, you liked them, right? Uh, yeah, I did like these books. You know, it clearly they kind of say it's going to be more focused on Peter Parker, which I agree with you. Maybe not so much. I don't see the big difference between Amazing Spider-Man and Spectacular. But I do think they're written in a way that kind of harkens back to earlier Ditko-style books. And really... It's not so much that I researched this a whole bunch, but as I'm reading it and then writing the summary, I'm finding myself like, ooh, I don't have enough time to cover each one of these segments. Like, arguably in this last book, we could say there's there's almost six different segments. Or if you were going to count this as like a play or, you know, how they say like Act 1 sometimes in Marvel team-ups, Act 2. Yep. There's a lot of acts that occur here. And we, we haven't had that, that writing style in quite a while. So I know it's supposed to be new, but it actually feels kind of old to me the way that they're, they're writing these books. Well, I'll tell you that I think there's a little bit of that in our next Amazing Spider-Man book. I think that you're going to run into a lot of things going on. And it could be because the spectacular Spider-Man is starting to cross over yes. and they're trying to keep these like I don't know if that Flash storyline is going to resolve in the spectacular Spider-Man books or if it's going to resolve in the amazing Spider-Man books I know that they've not 
crossed over with Marvel Team Up, but I think twice in 150 issues of Marvel Team Up. So they've sort of given up on that plot line. But Eddie, one thing I wanted to bring up is, uh, and I'm just going to answer my own question before I sure. even ask you. This is Jerry Conway. Jerry Conway's last issue is Amazing Spider-Man 149. We're, we're talking about the end of the Clone Saga, throwing the body, yeah. you know, into... That was the last time we had the Jackal, which we really enjoyed. Everybody really likes that first Clone Saga. And then things sort of got a little sloppy for them. So I think part of it is we've got a writer back who we really enjoyed the last thing that he wrote. And uh, maybe, you know, he's bringing it again. Yeah. I You know, I'm really excited to see more Jerry Conway. Unfortunately, I did look up a little bit about Spectacular Spider-Man. And one of the things he says is he was going to... Su- you know, look at more of Peter Parker's social life and the supporting characters. But after he wrote these few books, it says he leaves Marvel not too long after. And so I only think we're going to get a little taste of Jerry Conway. He's going to go away. Here, oh, sadly. boy. So. No. Well, if people want to tell us that they're disappointed that we're not going to have Jerry Conway anymore, where could they reach us? You can email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. And uh, I'm James B., joined by... Eddie! And remember, listeners, the Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, is a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PaceBot Patreon Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, you may also enjoy Cat Paw Animal Rescue. Do you share space with a rescued cat? You'll want to tune in to Cat Paw Animal Rescue, a podcast okay. with a host who has fostered more than 60 cats in the past 20 years. That sounds pretty interesting, James B. Olympic-level athlete Craven the Hunter shares how he trains these cats to be killer beasts. What? Depriving them of food for weeks (laughs) until they are so hungry they will attack humans just to get a small taste of their flesh. Starving cats? (laughs) The inspiring stories of cats who went from being preyed on by humans to preying on humans will motivate you to do more in your community on behalf of abandoned and surrendered oh, animals. Maybe we should hold on, James B. here. Tune in to Cat Paw Animal Rescue wherever you get your <laughs> podcasts. A proud podcast of the PaceBot Patreon Podcast Network. What is what is that? That's not what we want. Thank you, listeners, and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
we're, this is a world where Star Wars comes out and like the whole world stops to go to the movies because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> That's true, I guess. Yeah. So I'm t- I'm telling you that when you go to the comic stores in the late 80s and I I have an advantage over you cuz my comics don't suck when I'm at the comic buying age. <laughs> yes. So when I go to the comic store, you'd walk in and the person would be like, "What do you want?" and you'd be like and, and the comics Eddie, they only come out like uh they're weekly releases. Oh. So The Amazing Spider-Man and Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man are going to come out like 2 weeks apart. So you right. go in on like a Tuesday and you say like What's in my folder? And the guy's like, because the folder will say like that you're supposed to be pulling for me, um, like and um, all the amazing Spider-Mans. Maybe I'm reading um, the Fantastic Four. Maybe I'm also reading Iron Man. Maybe I'm not reading Hulk right now. Uh, you know, and I have these books, and the guy's putting them in my folder. So wow. if Peter Parker comes out, I'm fine. Like you know, I'm I'm excited for the ones I want. And and if you pre if you have them pre put them in your folder, they give you like you know ten percent off or something like wow. that. And uh, that's how that world works. You would go in there, you pick up your thing, and um, and then you then you can look at the rack and be like, hmm, why is She Hulk on the cover of Iron Fist? Like, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll try this one too on the side. You grab one more Jeez. issue, something like that. Oh yeah, you were you were happy. The tricky part is, what do you do about like Marvel team up? That's the real question of this. Story. Oh. Like at this point, do you get because I was collecting Marvel Tales and Amazing and Peter Parker, and I was getting all three of them at the comic store. But Marvel team up, I. I think I was collecting it too. I think I was. To be honest. I <laughs> yeah, I that's all right, James. You can admit to that, James. B. Yeah, <laughs> you were a young I, man, I, right? <laughs> yeah, I was collecting my old team up. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I was. 